0: Wait, that's a horrible name for a glider. <laughs> I didn't say lawn dart. It was
1: a sky dart. <laughs> this is the RC Roundtable, a casual discussion about all aspects of flying model airplanes.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RC Roundtable. I am Terry, and with me is Lee. Hello, everyone. Good morning, Lee. Good morning, Terry. And we also have Fitz.
1: Wait, we don't have Fitz. Do you know where he is? I have no idea where he is. He posts, you know, like little messages from time to time on Facebook. Yeah,
0: well, he's in some European country. I'm just not sure which one at the moment. But he's still gallivanting about the European continent. Going to museums and such. He has Seems posted some cool museum photos lately. Yeah, he posted some stuff the other day that was really impressive.
1: So I'm finding that a lot of people are liking those photos more than some of our little inside jokes. So I think he's <laughs> I know, on a he's roll. He's more
0: popular away than we are right <laughs> here.
1: God, that guy. I bet he's having fun, but that's okay because I will, uh, I will trump him next week. How's that? Oshkosh. Oh,
0: that's right. Okay. Let's put a cork in that one for now. We'll we'll come back to that, and we'll get the lowdown.
1: Fitz, hope you're having fun. We're going to run this show without you. But we might, you know, throw you in a couple of times, so just stay tuned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we miss you, buddy. Come back. Just We can make it if we try. Just two Well, Lee, we did not talk about any new products last time, so let's catch up what have you got on your radar?
1: Well, I got an email from Tower Hobbies about this new Phoenix model cub. And there are lots of cubs out there. And in fact, I have the huge E-Flight carbon Z cub, which I like a lot. And I picked up some floats for it. So I'll hopefully give that a try soon. And uh, Austin's got a little super cub uh, park suit, I think super cub. And so yes, we have cubs in our our inventory, But I don't have a real large one, one that I'd love to fly at Barber Field, like during their big scale events where, you know, you have to have a minimum wingspan. And this is a 90-inch, uh, which is pretty cool. It's a Glow electric and gas capable aircraft. And it's an ARV, so it goes together pretty quickly. I don't know enough about it. I've, I've looked at the photos on Tower, and I went to the Phoenix website looking for more details as far as like servo placement, uh, the linkages and stuff. I like it. It's, you know, it's that pretty cub yellow and uh, I've never flown a gas-powered aircraft. Are you going gas with this one? I will go gas with this one. I've, I've always wanted to, and I think you and I talked, oh, gosh, maybe five years ago about just throwing something together, you know, trying to get a gas high-wing trainer just to give it a try. And this is only a 20cc aircraft, so we're not talking a lot of money. And uh, it's, it's caught my eye, so I thought I'd, I'd mention it because uh, Phoenix has been putting out a lot of models lately. You know, I think they're pretty popular. I don't know many people who do not like Phoenix or have like really trashed them. So, and we, and like I said, we've talked a lot about them. So, I might, uh, I might fork down the three hundred bucks for this one. Look out for maybe, a, maybe a used twenty CC. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna invest a lot of money in this, but I think a, a nice big Cub is a fun aircraft to bring, and it's a great trainer. So, I think it'd be awesome for my boys to to get their hands on it.
0: So, what do they say? Everybody loves a Cub. I guess
1: <laughs> <laughs> they do say that. Okay, they called me the <laughs> other day just that. to say that. <laughs> well, I mean, I have, I have my dad's Aronka Champ. It's the, it's the, uh, you know, the live wire Champ. So, yeah. you know, I, I like that plane, and we have two the, the little micro versions, the the Hobby Zone Champ and the uh, the E Flight Champ S Plus. I like that plane too. But yeah, you know, who could go wrong with a big cub? And you know, if I don't like it, I think anybody would be happy to to take that up at a swap meet.
0: Okay, I'm glancing at the pictures here. Does this thing have
1: flaps? <laughs> uh, that picture does look like it has flaps, unless that aileron's just real high. Let's take a look here. Or
0: really wide.
1: Uh, seven standard servos. Yep, it has flaps. Two aileron, two flap, one elevator, one rudder, and a throttle. If you want. <laughs> just, or just go wide open throttle again, <laughs> just have have a blast. Like my old control line days. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I wonder if anybody's ever done that. Let's just fly this thing full throttle until it goes out of gas. Well, that's you know, half a. That's what you do. Oh, or pylon racing, right? Pylon race a cub. Can <laughs> get six six cubs lined up on a line. Cub pylon. <laughs> cub pylon. So let it be written. So let it be done. <laughs> I'm gonna host that event at Bomberfield. Cub <laughs> Bylon. Oh boy. Okay, I well, mean that's f- f- it's funny
0: that it has flaps because the real cub doesn't. I think you have to get a super cub to get flaps,
1: right? That's true. And I don't know, this doesn't look like it's got clipped wings or anything. No, it seems like the standard, standard yeah. wingspan, but interesting. But, and you know, I flaps, you know, me, flaps, maps I'm not a big flap guy. I think most of the planes I have that I, I come equipped with flaps really don't need it. Yeah.
0: So. Now, you said you're going to get flaps, or excuse, floats, not flaps, floats for your Carbon Z Cub. Are you going to get the floats for this?
1: Um, I see those, but I probably not, no. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with floats. I have three other planes with the floats, and it's okay, but it, it's not a big win for me, so I I picked up a set of floats at the uh, Graven Estate. And a little, little banged up, but they're in good shape, so I'll put those on the Carbon Z and fly it at our club. We have a we have a pond. Uh, it'd be fun, but I'll probably slap the, the wheels back on after that. Just you know, give it a try.
0: Okay, so here's the most pertinent question. If you get this, where does it fit in the queue with the tiger cat?
1: Oh, in in the back. Yeah. No, it's okay. it's p- post tiger cat.
0: And is there any update on the tiger cat?
1: Uh there will be. Later on in the show. Stay tuned. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> So that's it. I mean, I, I think it's a pretty cool looking cub, and I don't know. Have you ever flown a, a, a cub this large? That large? No. Um, I've had one up to eighty something inches. and I don't know. Is there any difference at that point? I don't know. I'm, I'm. There's a guy who comes to Bomber every year, and he's got one that's like 120 inches. Yeah. It's it's fun. He's it's very aerobatic. I think it's got clipped wings. So. Okay. Pretty cool, but yeah. Uh, you know, I've, every now and then I'll see one hanging from a, a ceiling at a hobby shop and think that might be fun to try. So, yeah, this is this might be on my Christmas wish list. Wait, might be? I thought you were already committed to this. Well, so I don't have to pay for it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Santa! <laughs> gotcha. And what about you? Do you got anything on the horizon?
0: I do. I just got a new review kit, and it was something that I wasn't aware of until the box showed up. But it's a T-34 mentor, uh, I think it's a 61-inch wingspan, and it's from VQ Warbirds, which is somebody that we haven't talked about, I'm not sure at all before.
1: Um, the interesting thing to me is that they appear to be based uh, right in your backyard in Houston. I know, I'm reading that, and I'm, I know my Houston listeners or Houston friends are going to be very disappointed with me for not knowing more about this company. So
0: the kit itself seems pretty good. I've opened the box so far to to check it out. And uh, it's nice. It's the C model of the T-34, which is the turboprop version. Um, you know, it's all based on the Beechcraft Bonanza. So it, it's pretty cool. The covering looks nice. It's got panel lines and rivets simulated on there. And it's got optional electric retracts, which I'll be using. And they've got, Ooh, nice. Yeah. And these look nice because they've got... Uh, spring-damped uh, oleo struts. So it's not just stiff wire. Anyway, I'll be digging into it in the next few weeks, and I'm going to go electric power with it. Probably a 4 or 5S system. It uh, ought to be something. neat.
1: You don't know what uh, motor you're going to use yet? What size would it take?
0: Um, they call for a, a 46 equivalent, and I've got a Rimfire 46 from Great Plains, So I'll probably be using that, but I haven't committed yet.
1: Yeah, and you're not not looking for a lot of power anyway, so 46 would be fine. Yeah, to me, anything over 100 watts per pound should be fine for something like this.
0: And I think I can get that easily.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. I'm looking at the photos.
0: Yeah, they did a good job with the profile. And like I said, it's got some scale details already built in. I think there's one pilot bust in there. So I think even out of the box, it's going to be pretty good scale-wise. And like anything else, there's... Always opportunity to do more if you
1: want. I'm kind of going off track here, but I'll, I'll bring it back here. That's what we do. <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, I have seen at Oshkosh where they do like the T 28 flyovers. Good. You know, they have a whole group of them, of the Trojans flying. You know, yeah. and this is similar. You know, I think I've seen maybe something or in this paid scheme that, you know, kind of flies along with them. But yeah. has anybody ever developed a, a good? <laughs> a good smoke system for electrics yet. <laughs> we, you know, we we need something, because this looks like a plane that would be fun to fly with a big smoke trail going behind it. <laughs> Define good. <laughs> well, not lipo fire <laughs> going behind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be the best option. Um, <laughs> a little X-Acto knife servo, <laughs> just cut right in the middle. <laughs> fire, um, flame on!
0: <laughs> I have seen some... I think they they still lack density in the smoke. Um, I've never seen one in person. I just know that they exist in early stages. So I'm not sure how to answer that question. I think other people see the same need that you do, but I don't know if it's actually
1: you know, come together yet. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I've picked up a couple of those long smoke tubes, you know, from firework stands. Ones that last, you know, they say last for five minutes, but really it's like five, forty-five seconds. <laughs> and, I, and I've and i used them a long time ago in the past, you know, just quick zip ties on some of my kits, and they're they're fine, but... What is it, a smoke tube? It's a, it's a smoke bomb, you know, just a typical smoke, but it's in a tube instead of like a little ball that you get at the fireworks stand. This is actually a, a pretty large cylinder, but, you know... Oh, I've never seen those. Oh. Uh, well, I've got some. And, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, it's got to be for bigger planes that have got like metal, metal uh, landing gear, so you can just zip tie them real quick. It's fun. Okay.
0: No, if I recall, Hobby Lobby used to have, the the hobby store, not the, or the RC Hobby Lobby, not the craft Hobby Lobby. Um, They used to have these tubes that you could put on, which were a one-time deal, and I forget how much they were, but it was a lot, um, that you would get colored smoke.
1: Yeah, and and you you could attach them to your wingtips.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. I never saw one of those in person either, and I, I think they were just prohibitively expensive. But
1: well, see, you know how you talk about upgrades like landing gear and flaps for your your testing. Now I'm going to say your your option for this uh, mentor <laughs> test is <laughs> I got an idea for wingtip, you know, smoke trails <laughs> from a from a listener. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to let oh, you I, run with that one. I like that. that. Okay, there you go. That's that's your mission is uh, see if you can find some, you know, old new stock at Hobby Lobby or Hobby Express now. Find some wingtip smoke bombs. That'd be cool. I'd like that. And then, of course, have a run cam on that. Well, that's a given. (laughs) No, I meant with the smoke trails. Uh, oh Okay. Yeah. Uh, you I'll might get be getting. Right a, on that. You might get a. You might get a pre- present from me in the mail. I'm gonna just start doing some research. <laughs> Illegal Mexican fireworks. <laughs> so you're gonna send them in the mail to me. <laughs> you, don't, you have
0: to answer those questions at the post office. Anything hazardous, liquid, perishable? Nope, nope, nope. It's only hazardous <laughs> when you add fire. <laughs> I can see you there at a top hat, sunglasses, trench coat.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll package them in like one of those. Uh, Live organ, <laughs> <full> <laughs> containers. <laughs> Urgent. Oh, <goodness. laughs>
0: uh, how do we go from new airplanes to live organ transport?
1: Uh, it's real simple, Lee Ray. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's all me. It's all my fault. Well, I hope the listeners enjoy that. It's a the VQ is pretty cool, and there are a lot of cool VQ Warbirds on their site. So uh, again, I apologize for. Uh, for dropping the ball on not knowing more about it, especially since they kind of was that they uh they're stationed out of uh, bomber field. That's well, their it home. Sounds runway. like that's their home field. Yeah. So I gotta do some more research on their aircraft, and we'll and of course, if anybody has a VU Warbird and wants to share us uh, their stories about it too, let's uh, let's put some pictures on Facebook and you know tell us how you like them. Well, I might be totally off base here, but
0: from glancing on the website, it seems like. VQ Warbirds is a retailer who sells other ARFs, but they also have their own house brand. Okay. So you should go and visit them and talk to them and find out if I'm wrong. Aye aye, Captain. <laughs> if I have to put illegal fireworks on my <laughs> airplane, you have to go visit
1: them. Alright, I will make that happen. Okay.
0: Five, four, three, two, one. 0 all engine running lift off. we have a liftoff so in a recent issue of model aviation i had an article about how i mount my little cameras on on different models and i got an email from a reader and he was showing me how he mounts the little cameras and he uses these smaller key fob cameras which are a little bit lighter well significantly lighter than the run cams that i use But what really interested me is that he's not putting them on fixed-wing airplanes. He has built a water-powered rocket, which that in itself is cool, but the version that he built has fold-out wings, so once it hits apogee of the rocket flight, the wings pop out, and then he flies it back down as a glider. And I thought that was just the coolest thing. So he emailed me to show me the camera mount, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, you gotta tell me about all this other stuff. (laughs) <laughs> so what's this thing uh, it's attached to <laughs> uh, yeah so you can't just ignore the 500 pound gorilla uh, so the, the guy's name is Jim Johnson he's down in Florida and we've been exchanging emails back and forth and it's just fascinating this is uh, a totally homegrown idea and project for him and it sounds like he did a lot of internet research first of all to find out how water rockets work and then kind of going through different iterations to get his folding wing working and he's still got another design coming and I don't want to reveal too much but it's just really neat and I think it's a great example of how people kind of get this idea in their head and persevere to make it work and (laughs) because according to him his first several attempts were less than stellar and he made a few lawn darts so I'm interested enough that I'm considering making my own water rocket which I had heard of, but don't know much about. So if any of you readers out there are well-versed on water rockets, educate me. And then that folding wing thing, that just piques my engineer's mind. And uh, I gotta figure out a way to do something like
1: that. Well, you know, Estes had a couple of glider rockets like that, one with a scissor wing, and I think another one had a wing that kind of folded back, too. But, of course, there are tons of model rocket uh, vendors out there that had type of folding wings like that. But I remember the the scissor wing uh, very the well. Scissor wing. Is that
0: the name of it? Or is that just a description?
1: Um, You know what? I don't know. But here we go. This is where we put insert some little uh, music while the listeners don't hear me typing. I like a taste of honey, if you can find that. Scissor wing transport. Now it's not a folding wing; it is a, as it sounds, a scissor wing. S- same premise. And also, my brother had the Sky Dart. <laughs> that's. Was it supposed to fly? Oh, it flew great. Oh, Wait, and it, that's a horrible name for a glider. <laughs> it didn't say lawn dart. It was a Sky Dart. <laughs> I like this guy's thing, but you know, I started laughing when you talked about how he invented a water-powered rocket i was thinking man the government must have got a hold of him real quick roughed him up I'm like, oh oh rc never mind never mind we'll let you go <laughs>
0: apparently water rockets have been around for a while and it's it's a thing there's lots of information out there as
1: a kid didn't you have one of those little pump rockets you know
0: yeah but i think this is a whole different ball game they're getting some actual altitude out of these things and they're running like 150 psi
1: Oh yeah, I so mean it's called you know, like around. Mythbusters. Let's, let's let's supersize it. <laughs> you know that was a lawn dart, by the way. Those little rockets you had as a kid, man, uh, and, yeah. and they could be used as weapons because I know we used to aim at each other. <laughs> see, so he's just a big kid going. You know, instead of instead of shooting these rockets at my friends, let me see if I can make it actually fly. So I'm yeah. looking. I wish you'd posted a link to a video though. All I see is the the stills. Well, he doesn't have video yet. He has. A- I- Wait a He's minute. got the camera on there and he shoots video, but what? I mean, that's my point. If if the whole purpose of you catching this thing about the, the cam, the camera mount, how did you get wind of this without seeing the actual video? Well, he hasn't posted video. He has it locally,
0: but he was holding off on posting because he hasn't yet found an editor that allows him to chop off all the dead time. Basically, when that rocket is on the launch pad and it's got however many pounds of pressure on there... You can't be anywhere near it. So he has to start the recording as he's doing setup, and then he gets far away from it. So there's a lot of dead time on the front and end
1: of that. He doesn't know an eight-year-old kid or girl who can just quickly edit that for him? <laughs> 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 I mean, kids know how to make videos. So. <laughs> well,
0: he does now. i sent him a few <laughs> links to some freeware editors that could do that for him. So hopefully there will be footage soon. Well, hopefully by the release of
1: this... Uh, this podcast next week (laughs) it'll be still photos that's not enough i mean again this your imagination (laughs) this started with you talking to this guy about the camera mount and then oh wait a minute there's more you know (laughs) i think we should we should have the video available the book is always better than the movie (laughs) it okay the pictures are cool looking yes but we must we must uh, progress and get the video of this okay
0: well did you notice that it's a two-axis folding mechanism
1: it sure. doesn't swing.
0: It's not scissors like the like your laundry Oh, exactly. Scot- yeah, it folds up and back. Yeah. Do you, did you have one of those balsa gliders as a kid? That I did. Was like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is based on that same principle, and he said it was derivative of that. He wanted to recreate it, and
1: then he just kind of went nuts with it. It's it's neat. It's really cool. Yeah, I, I agree. And and not to take away from the cool effect of it being water powered this is something you could expand upon and just put a little pusher prop on the back. Do an LMR-type launch. Limited yeah, just motor a run. vertical propeller-powered
0: launch? Yeah. See if you could... Or tape a bunch of your Mexican
1: smoke rockets <laughs> to it? Well, I'll, I'll send you enough that you can strap to the bottom of this thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm not big into rocketry, but this water-powered stuff sounds cool to me. But here's my thing. When I was doing rockets as a kid... They're so dadgum fast, you hit the button and they're gone, and hopefully you get a glimpse of it so you can watch it come down on the parachute. Why can't we create a model rocket that ascends slowly enough that it's easy to watch? Does it have to go that fast for stability? These
1: are the questions that burn my brain. Well, guess what? You're the rocket scientist. (laughs) Oh, crap, I am. (laughs) I'm the one who just is a pyrotechnic, (laughs) just likes to push the button and watch the mayhem ensue.
0: Well, you know, you watch those videos of the old Apollo launches, you're like, wow, that thing's just clawing its way into the sky. You can watch every bit of it. We need to emulate that with model rockets.
1: Well, if you build your rocket to weigh more than 50 tons, I guess you can, you know, (laughs) you can make it go up slowly. (laughs) Then you really would get a knock on the door from the... the (laughs) the Sir, do you have a license for that in your backyard? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. So as I get more developments from our buddy Jim, or video, I will post them on Facebook.
1: That uh, sounds cool. I'm I'm looking forward to that video. Me too. Oh. All right, Jim, hurry up.
0: Well, you were doing
1: the. The rocket water-powered rocket glider. I was working on sailboats again, uh, but that's just because I'm have been suckered into it. Every time I try to get out, they pull me back in. Um, but Chuck has uh, has kindly handed me his Thunder Tiger Victoria. It's the first sailboat he ever bought and sailed with. And it needed some work, so he, he graciously gave it to me and said, if you can you know, fix this and get it working, I'd love for you to sail it. And it was a very generous offer. Uh, i certainly appreciate it. And both servos were, were shot, so I had uh, ordered a new Futaba sail winch servo and upgraded his rudder servo to a digital servo.
0: you got to catch me up. So it was his first sailboat. Are we talking five years ago or 20 years
1: ago? Ten years ago.
0: Okay. And it uses a winch servo. And so that means it has a drum on the top. It's not a winch okay. servo, it's just
1: a high-torque sail servo. I said winch, I meant just sail servo. So okay. it's, you know, 150-plus, you know, ounce sail servo, mm. Futaba servo, you know, a, a, an over $50 servo. And I could okay. have gone with a different brand, but it, because he'd already had the Futaba, and, you know, I, I wanted to keep his boat the same uh, with the setup of the mounts and rails, uh, anyway, so replaced it, and, you know, also the, the long arm he had was already fitted for the Fataba, So I didn't have to redo the uh, servo arm. And had to redo the deck, because the, the mounting system, because it was just uh, pretty beat up with the water damage and stuff. So we created new rails, made some improvements, and we got it on the pond. And it sails pretty darn nice. There's some minor adjustments we got to do, maybe to replace some of the rigging. But uh, I took a picture of it for him because he hadn't sailed it for a while. And I, th- I think that made him very happy. And uh, so that's fun. You know, the Victoria is a very popular racing boat. I'm not familiar with it. I know that he has raced it, and the sails on this are probably way more expensive than the actual kit itself. You know, he gets these Mylar custom-built sails, and you've got to be very, very careful with them. And I've tried not to make any, make any other changes to the boat as far as the rigging, um, just to keep it stock, I guess, whatever that is. And uh, it's fun. You know, it's a, it's a nice boat. It's For a pond, it's, like, perfect. It's a And how big is it? Oh, you know, I knew you were going to ask me that. It's big. <laughs> How's that? Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I don't remember. But you know what? Again, this is one of those little times where I type in, Thunder, Tiger, Victoria, and we... <laughs> uh, size, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> the internet knows everything. It does. Uh, 42 inches is the mast height. So it's not okay. tiny. And the... Uh, Length is thirty inches. Okay. Now the thing is, this boat, when you look at like the photos online, it's a simple Thunder Tiger kit. It's not a fancy kit at all. It's kind of like the Awkward Craft Paradise, you know. But you get a simple blown mold hull, and you know, if you change the rigging out and make it better, it's an awesome boat. So the actual hull is what people are looking for, and they just tear it, tear everything else off, and then rig it with very high quality, you know, new masts and stuff like that. But I'm sure there's some rules and regulations when you race it, what has to stay stock. But in any case, mm. uh, nice little boat. It's just, it's, it's cool, but they, they have a whole bunch of races with it. And you know he said, just try not to do too much. It's, it's almost perfect. <laughs> 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 Don't touch it, touch it. <laughs> he said, I like it when he does that. I said, just this, this, this leave it the way it is. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so we fixed his boat, which is, you know, I'm glad I, we got that done for him. And then uh, Steve uh, my neighbor, who's got a dragon, he was having problems. He couldn't get his dragon to bind with his transmitter. And that's a transmitter it comes with? It, Yeah, it's a transmitter it comes okay. with. Okay. So, um, no, yeah, it, well, yes and no. Yes, it's the one that came with it. It's an upgraded version. Um, but he, he just, it wouldn't turn on. Yeah, he didn't understand what was going on. Well, it turned out his switch was corroded and pretty bad. But this is not the first time I've had a switch fail. In fact, this is the onboard switch. The onboard on off switch, which is connected to a rod exterior of the boat. So you actually have a little uh, rubber boot so you can go on and off uh, without having to take the hatch off. In any case, his failed. But several months ago, one of Chuck's boats, his switch failed. Same situation, just corrosion. We're not sailing in salt water, but for some reason, these switches are just not made to survive. (laughs) Uh, And even with like a watertight switch, it's really water trying to keep from getting into the the, bo- the boat itself. It's kind of like a rubber exterior protective switch oh. cover, not the actual mechanism. So we've replaced one of Chuck's switches with a magnetic switch. We're going to do the same thing for Steve. So I put a note on RC Roundtable I hope people go on it. It's a Zepsis magnetic switch. And a lot of guys use it for their gliders. Um, I'm hesitant on the, the airplane, but... I guess I just got to get over that because it seems to be a very popular switch to just do like quick on and off flights and then just remove your battery when you're done. So you
0: swipe a magnet exterior once and it turns on, you Mm -hmm. do it again and it turns off?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Here's my little uh, learning experience (laughs) sharing with you. It comes with a little neodymium magnet, which you can swipe. But the downside of the device is that it doesn't have an audible note to let you know if it's on or off. So if it's inside your hull or your aircraft and you swipe, you don't know unless you see a response from the servo. So you can just sit there over and over again swiping, swiping to make sure it's on or off. And it's not too inconvenient, but I found if you buy a little LiPo uh, saver, it's just just a little bitty alarm that's got an in and out. You plug it into your receiver. You know, if you swipe it and it activates, that thing gives you chirp. Okay. What's also nice, though, is if you leave it on too long, it'll chirp every minute if it doesn't sense any movement in your receiver.
0: Okay.
1: Which is really convenient because if you go boating and you sail and you put your boat down you forget to turn it off, it'll chirp at you so you'll know to turn it off. And here's another nice thing I did. Because Chuck is a little frail, it's difficult for him to get about, I bought him one of those uh, telescopic you know, pointers that's got a magnet on the end. <laughs> oh, so he doesn't okay. have to bend down to turn it off. He just extends the rod and just swipes it. And I bought I bought one for Steve too. So even though he's not old, I just told him, "Hey, look, you can just magic wand your boat. Maybe I'll put a Maybe I'll put a star on mine." <laughs> you make it go little twinkle noises. <laughs> there you go. Modify the little on-off thing.
0: Abracadabra,
1: or maybe make it audible. Your Your boat is on.
0: <laughs> so what's your investment in a switch and siren?
1: Uh, the switch was twenty bucks and I got it from Aloft Hobbies and the lipo savers boy they just range from $10 to $4 depending on where you buy it. Both of them are excellent devices and even if you you know are concerned about leaving it inside a hull or a, a fuselage, a uh, great little device to you know put on something that you would have easier access. There is an LED on it so you could, you know, you can actually see it when it's on. Um, but I've had no problems with mine. We have four. So and there's no moving parts. This is a solid-state switch. Solid-state switch, and that was the main reason. I think if you know there is a shrink, there's shrink tubing covering it. I bet you could, you know, make it even more secure by putting a little dab of silicon on the exit holes where the wires come through. Uh, can you put Corrosion X on it? I, I no, because you can't. Well, unless you take
0: the shrink tubing off. But you can just zip it up in there. Yeah. They have those little. Yeah, I don't know. Just curious. I, <clears throat> I'm just wondering, do they claim it to be waterproof?
1: i don't know but we'll find out (laughs) exactly (laughs) Uh, we're currently testing right now (laughs) yeah your experience solidifies
0: why i cut off the switches on most of my surface models especially boats so that a patrol boat that i talked about last time it has an esc with a built-in switch and like all my other surface models i'm thinking why would I ever have the battery plugged in and the switch turned off? That's just never gonna happen. So what's the point of the switch? It's just something else to fail, especially for a water craft. So I just snip it off, solder it together and insulate the wires. I do it for most of my airplanes too.
1: I've had switches just have come apart. You just, you know, quality control on some switches is lacking. But you're right. I've uh, never really had to deal with switches lately because most of my electronic aircraft are plug in the battery and you're done. Yeah, Don't one less it.
0: thing to worry about. Yeah,
1: and that's a, again, that's a one of those discussions. It's kind of like loop and hook. You know, do you use switches or not? And I'm sure you'll find people praising them because they think of them as a, a, a secondary safety measure. But now that I've had some failures, got to be careful out there, guys. Yeah, we can talk about that. We'll add it to our bucket-o-topics. Uh, Or do a poll. Oh, there you go. All right. Let's take a little break, put our thoughts together, and come back. Like we ever put our thoughts together. (laughs) Okay, I promise this will be a much quicker FAA AMA update. Versus the last one. (laughs) They're going to keep getting shorter, hopefully. Can can we do it gong show style? (laughs) Okay. You can have a timer on me. (laughs) I happened across a video uh, from a uh, YouTube channel called Drone and Sundry. And this guy had John Taylor on. And I've seen a couple of ones uh, in the past that John Taylor talking about the whole FAA AMA battle. But he made a great point that I wanted to share with you guys. John mentioned that When he fought the FAA to disable the registration database, he expected it to be immediate. And what he was surprised to see was that the FAA got creative. And instead of just terminating the registration database and deleting the database and removing any requirement for you to request to be off the database, that they have enforced this rule where you have to send them a letter to say, I want my data off, and then to basically declare, you're going to follow the rules in 3.3.6. His interpretation was they should not even be allowed to do that, and I agree with him completely that this, was, this is not how they shouldn't, they couldn't have created the rule, it was illegal, so therefore they shouldn't be able to make rules to terminate
0: the rule. This reminds me of those, um, do you remember the Columbia House subscription music services? Back in the day, where they'd send you new CDs or tapes or whatever yes. every month. Oh, by
1: the way, kids, kids under twenty, <laughs> a cassette tape. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so you could you could sign up
0: with you know, any you send in a postcard or you'd call or whatever. It's so easy to sign up, but when you want to get out of that thing, oh man, you gotta jump through all kinds of hoops. So this is
1: the same sort of deal. Yeah. And I just, he's right. And I've heard other people say, well, that, that's, what did you expect? You know, you you ruffled their feathers. I was like, hey, so what if we made him mad? The point was they shouldn't have to, I can't believe he, I mean, I don't expect him to have to fight this battle too, but as a person who's been following this, I can't imagine if you registered, you now have to go back and technically unregister by communicating with them. <laughs> I don't know. You have to make a declaration. It, it makes no sense. Well, if you take your identification off
0: of your airplanes, that's one link in the chain. If you remove that, then what's the incentive to to delete the database? Well, yeah, other than the the moral
1: victory there. Well, I do not know enough about law and how a lawyer or a, a judge will see this. But if the registration database and the registration ruling was considered illegal to begin with, then our expectation was it was going to be deleted. That yeah, they, that they illegally obtained information on pilots, used it incorrectly because it wasn't a airplane or an airplane registration database. It was a pilot registration database, which made it even more personal because they wanted to hold you accountable. And not everybody was doing it and it made no impact. In fact, John just yesterday or two days ago received a request he sent to the faa to get a list of every investigative ba- uh, che- background check i guess they did on registered pilots who had a uh, an incident and the faa came back and said they had no record of using the database to find suspect
0: yeah and i saw on facebook where he was sparring with um, brendan shulman the guy from dji where they were debating the merits of that database yeah, I, I think John's on point with this. And I'm glad it's over. So, man, I, I'm not inclined to get my $5 back. Forgive and forget, or or at least forget, move on. Are you going to send the letter?
1: <laughs> to, to the FAA? Yeah. Demanding a $5 I never gave them.
0: Oh, you, that's right. You never did it. Oh, so what are you all fired up about? Are you serious?
1: <laughs> I was just wondering how you'd answer that. <laughs> because I believe strongly in this hobby. Say it with me, hobby. Okay? And I, I fully support Part 107 if you're a commercial pilot. And, in fact, I have still you know, that inkling to pursue Part 107 if I ever get back into photography to do aerial-type work. But as far as a hobby goes, this is just going way too far. And there's a great episode of Law & Order where the judge is – trying to explain to whatever the actor was on the prosecution that until we find out why people do bad things, there's nothing we can really do. But you've got to go after the bad people and not the people who are doing this for a hobby and who are very innocent and who have never had an issue with full scale. So that's my stance. We just can't keep blaming everybody for those few imbeciles who just don't understand. And no registration database is going to keep them from doing it. Even if you have a lesson, even if you take a flight test, people do bad things. And I don't know. I mean, it's... Yeah, we've been down this road many times. Well, it's like, darn nabbit, and I've got to get off of the RC group uh, model. (laughs) (laughs) Those two pilots just, (laughs) they they get me going. (laughs) i just got to turn it off and say, I can't argue with these guys. Anyway. Okay, so that's it. We're done. I'll stop talking now. I've... I just wanted to make that point about John. He's right. The F.A. shouldn't be asking you guys to send in a letter. And think about it before you do it. Uh, I know it's $5, but it's the whole point. It, you we did, should never have to do it. Let's talk about something fun now. Oh, You sorry. sound
0: fired up. You should take a vacation. Uh,
1: I will take a vacation. You know what? What am I doing next week? Um, you know what? I've got, I've got free time. I think I'll, I'll go for a long drive. I'm just <laughs> going to go north. How's that? I'm just going to get in my car and drive north until I end up somewhere near some water. <laughs> Isn't there water up there? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> some, some kind of big lake up there. Isn't there a big lake up there? Hey, guys. In exactly one week, today's uh, Thursday. I'm reco- we record recording uh, using on a Thursday or Friday. But uh, one week from today, I will be hopping in my car early in the morning, driving to Missouri first. I do a stop in Missouri, and then I'll head up to uh, is it below, below it? Near Broadhead. There's a little town near Broadhead, uh, Wisconsin, that I'll be uh, going to the Pete and Pool event first on Saturday, and then the next morning I'll be driving up to Oshkosh for Air Venture, and I'm excited.
0: One week.: That's going to be cool. So your two events actually. the Pete and Pool event. One day, and then you start Oshkosh for a week the next day? That's correct. Okay. That's going to be really cool. I
1: still haven't got a hold of anyone from Flight Test to see if they're going to have an event or a booth there.
0: Oh, I don't know. They're doing their big event this week.
1: Exactly. So I don't know if they're going to be doing so, anything at AirVenture.
0: Yeah, they're probably a little preoccupied at the moment.
1: That's cool. We haven't we didn't uh, talk about that, but uh, I posted the, a nice little promo video, Flight Test, uh, you know, Flight fest. Flight fest. Yes, in east. Yeah. <laughs> are we gonna have a flight fest south?
0: <laughs> uh, I think so. I think <laughs> that's on their radar. Yeah. All right. See. Yeah, the, they had a west out in California not too long ago.
1: Do you think they'll do it in Texas though? Or are they gonna do
0: it? I lobbied for that a while back, so I don't know. But you're not here
1: anymore. They say, what's the point? <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, Lee.
0: <laughs> so maybe they'll come here and do a, a flight fest Arctic. <laughs>
1: Niagara right. well
0: you know really their home field is only four hours away from me so it's it's within my day trip
1: uh, radius I'd love to pick on you for not going this weekend but I know you're busy so I've, uh, I've, yeah
0: I spent all last weekend driving went to North Carolina and back I, I think I'm spent
1: I'm sorry Well I'll forgive yeah, you it happens but if we see some cool stuff and videos that are uh, online we'll share them Oh, I'm sure there'll be lots of videos. But I'd like to know if they're going to do some... I think they're going to have a drone race out there at AirVenture, so I'm sure it'll be off to the side, but I wonder if they're going to do any model uh, aviation. I am going to bring a thunder and lightning. I'll just stick that up on the ceiling of my Suburban. Well,
0: if I'm not mistaken, someone on our Facebook page invited you to... RC flying somewhere up there, right?
1: Yeah, they did. I I don't think I'll have time to do that. But uh, I, speaking of Facebook, uh, Philip uh, and I have been talking, and we're gonna try to catch up at Oshkosh, and in Philip Hinkle. Yeah, Philip Hinkle. So I'll just we'll, we'll text each other and see if we can catch up. He gave me some. He's been before, and he gave me some tips on uh, some events uh, going on there, so that I should go monitor. He and he and a friend have had access to the uh, warbird area i think he said uh, they've they typically like sit on the wing of an aircraft and and get to watch the show at a very unique angle uh i'm hoping i'll still have access near the uh, vintage warbird flight line i'm kind of just going in with eyes open and and just eager to see what's there and get some ideas for the next time i go so i i'm just going to kind of follow along like a, a lost puppy at first and see how it goes i'm, I'm a little concerned <laughs> i didn't get a campsite with electricity or water so i mean I'm, I'm good for you know just regular camping it's not a big deal but i'm not sure if i will be able to keep charging my my canon batteries i'm hoping i'll have access to the vintage hangar and be able to put some of my chargers there if i need to but let's I'm, be clear
0: your canon camera <laughs> not your canon Did
1: I say Canon? Well, my Canon camera. You said your (laughs) Canon. Yeah, well, we were talking about... Yeah, so when I say shoot airplanes, (laughs) Uh, yes, my Canon camera. Uh, But I picked up a a 400-watt inverter. I have another one, but I picked up a newer one and uh, an extra car battery. So I will uh, hopefully be able to just charge stuff in the car Uh, enough to to photograph. I mean, I think the batteries will last, but this is kind of a long tangent. I intend to take a lot of pictures and videos, so I hope I have of everything course. I need to keep everything charged and share stuff with you guys. This is you know, a big show for me, and I'm really looking forward to it, and knocking on wood here, not trying to jinx myself, but I've, I've heard of some bad weather there in the past where some of the campsites have turned into rivers, <laughs> so <laughs> cross your fingers for me, uh, but I am bringing my bike, so I hear that's the, that's a must, so I'll be bringing my bike, and uh, looking forward to, doing, ah, this is going to be cool. I can't wait.
0: I'm excited for you. Thanks.
1: And, of course, you. I hope that a couple of planes are there that I'm looking forward to seeing. First off, I hope White 33 makes it. I don't know the story. Very hush about it, since it's privately owned.
0: This is a P-38. The P- is that the one based in Denver or something? They.
1: It, Colorado Springs. It was, it was built in Colorado Springs, but I believe the owner, uh, it, it's hangered in Oregon. It's okay. currently back in Colorado Springs for a visit. I'm doing my little air quotes. Uh, let's cross our fingers it moves over to to Oshkosh. So I'd love to see that one. And if I don't see White Thirty Three, any other P Thirty Eight will be fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> More than one would be even better. And uh, uh, what else do I want to see? I I don't think uh, is it Bailey's bomber. I don't think it's going to make it. I think we read that it's uh, they're just not expecting it to to get there. So that's unfortunate. That would be well. Not. I thought
0: the FAA. I thought that was an administrative
1: thing not technical. I don't know. Um I not to say it's not airworthy. I think they got their airworthy certificate. They are saying they're not ready to take it.
0: Okay. That's prudent. Yeah. So. All right. Well now afterwards I think Philip is going to join us and you guys can compare notes about your experience.
1: (laughs) Okay. Fill us all in. What? Okay. Well, that's, that's. Is it Lee? Lee and Philip are going to debate on what really happened. Yes, that's not what I saw. Fake news versus actual news. Well, and if there's anybody else listening who's going, please call me. In fact, here's a neat little tidbit: um, the uh, Balsa Modellers uh, group, which is really cool. I'm so glad I joined that group on Facebook. It's, they are active, man. It is huge. I love it. I just love this group. Uh, But one guy reached out to say if anybody was going to Oshkosh, and I, you know, raised my hand. And he's putting together a list of guys, and he's gonna see if we can all catch up, maybe do a photo. You know, they've got those those badges now. I don't remember the name of the person who started the group, but badges, badges. (laughs) Yes. Go ahead. Finish the line.
0: (laughs) I don't have to say the rest.
1: Am I gonna have to insert that? uh, (laughs) <laughs> a yes. little burp? Okay. I'll find it. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. 14,000 members.
0: That's awesome. Of the Balsam Modelers Facebook group?
1: Yeah, Balsam Model Aircraft Builders Association. And hey, Terry, you're a member.
0: I am. I finally relented and joined. Yeah,
1: and a lot of my friends... I'm looking at a lot of my... A lot of my friends are on here. Hey, there's Kirk. So, yeah, what a great group. I mean, if you... This is... <laughs> this is the old man's club. <laughs> Balsa, what's that?
0: <laughs> wood. There's some really impressive stuff that happens in there. Hey, just remember, the Spruce
1: Goose is made of wood. Still an incredible aircraft. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's. Some, you know, that's how we found Mike's P-38. Uh,
0: there's a PT Electric I saw in
1: there. Yeah, I saw that is one that too. The one? Well, no, that was the guy who had a brush motor on the nose. Yeah, I know. we're all saying time. I mean, that's vintage, but time to upgrade that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, some other guy had a, a, a hobbyco trainer that I have that I converted to electric, and I sent it a link. So it's it's neat to catch up with these people, and it's a really great group. So if you can uh, join that group, but uh, like they had these new stickers out, and I think people are buying them, and I might I might grab one. Okay. It says their logo is Balsa Flies Better.
0: Ah, uh, see, <laughs> they alienate me when they say that.
1: <laughs> Just all you have to do is put a piece of balsa in your foamy somewhere. <laughs> It's a whole new airplane. (laughs) Just stick a little, you know, piece of cap strip somewhere in the plane and you're You're done. It's ninety nine point nine (laughs) percent foam. All right. What else do we have on our, our list, Mr. Terry?
0: Well, last time you and I talked, Lee, you had quite an array of projects on your workbench.
1: What's the update? The P38 is very, very close to being done. All I have to do is find the, the well, my, my best method of attaching my magnet for my two battery hatches on the, under the cowls. Um, that's it. I'm, just, I'm coming up with some different ideas. And, and it's kind of a little tight fit, so I've got to make sure the battery doesn't hit it. So that's it. The P38 is that close to being done. And then the Corsair, thank you again, by the way, is, uh, is flight ready. I've been working on the cowl. I think I posted a couple of photos on RC Roundtable.
0: This is the H&M 60-inch Corsair.
1: (laughs) I love how Terry comes in to just like, and by the way... (laughs) Well... It's great. Not no, everybody I, knows what you're talking about. You're right. I know. And <laughs> that's kind of the mystery we provide <laughs> in our, our <laughs> podcast. But thank you, Terry. He's, he's so good at doing that. By the way, folks, <laughs> I'm waiting for you to like do the little quick voice they do at the end of commercials. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or subtitles. <laughs>
1: that's real fast. We'll speed that part up. Um, but yes, the H&M Corsair, another, a couple of guys have the same setup on the RC group's red. So they highly recommend oh, really? it. Yeah. And same Scorpio. Yeah. I,
0: I was very impressed with it. And I have to say that airplane was given to me by my friend, Brian in Lubbock and man, it was very impressive. So I did very few tweaks to it. I think he had done all the cosmetic work. And I think when he gave it to me, he was just tired of dorking with the retracts. It had those rotating mechanicals. So I played with that till I got them fairly reliable at least for a while, and flew it a bunch. Man, it was fun. And then I got tired of messing with the retracts, and now it's yours.
1: I was going to go earlier this week and fly it with the cowl still in primer gray just to get it up in the air. Oh, I, f- yeah. I figured if I dorked it, that'd save me time having to paint the cowl, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I'm happy with the, the cowl work I did. I got <laughs> to improve my uh, uh, Bondo. Wait, <laughs> I was only had sticks. I was, I thought I was just gonna have a small batch, but I was like, this is not going well. So, I did finally buy some, you know, better spatulas or scraping tools. But I digress. So, the cowl turned out real nice. I just gotta give it a, a paint job, but um, I'm happy with the Corsair. I like my little hatch, the battery hatch I put on. In fact, I saw a couple other people on RC groups who fly at an electric and have done the same thing. They've cut out the the top section to make a hatch. So that looks to be okay. very convenient. And that's it. So those two planes are about done, in which case the Tiger Cat will be soon to be open and placed on the entire workbench. And I'll, I'll believe it when I see I'll it. I'll post photos for you. I'll do a little, you know, build thread for you. <coughs> and time lapse.
0: Now what's this mystery item
1: you've been teasing us with? I'm going to give a shout out to our RC Sailor friends. Uh, we met them at Efest a couple of years ago. Nice couple, and Mate, Manny. Nate and Abby. Nate and Abby, and they uh, they do a lot of reviews now. In fact, recently they've been doing a lot of drone reviews, and we're talking a variety of drones. Just, just many different questionable <laughs> builds and drones <laughs> and it's it's kind of funny because you know just they're they're very good at their reviews because they just start recording and they have a good chemistry together they just can get the ball rolling and not have to stop and you know not like us you know this is this is like the 800th take for us and they uh they put together a video on this uh buying toys x16 quadcopter This caught my eye. I watched the entire video, and Nate was very impressed by this quad, especially for the price. Now, the version they had came with a camera and had altitude hold, but not GPS hold. And I did some more research and went on RC Groups, and they do have a version now. It's called the upgraded version that has the GPS on it. And for the price, $150 with brushless motors um, with the transmitter and a 3S uh, 2200 lipo included i was like man i've got to give that a try i've always you know talk to you guys i've always wanted to get a brushless motor quad i don't have one and i love the little one again i still like my world tech toys that i have
0: you did until you destroyed it i know oh did i say that out loud
1: no no, that was no that was the rc logger. i don't i don't have that one. you have it (laughs) well (laughs) i got rid of it
0: (laughs) Do we need to rehash no, the history on no, that? No,
1: I I don't have that quad. Yes, I had a brushless. <laughs> it was evil. It did not like. It could sense my fear. <laughs> um, but this one, uh, boy, guys, I've I've had a lot of fun. It is definitely a hundred fifty dollar quad. It's not a, a very I could tell the difference between flying that RC logger when it was, when it was user-friendly and this one, this one kind of dances around with the GPS. Uh, You turn that darn GPS off. This thing just drifts with the wind. (laughs) It just flies away. But it's, it's a lot of fun. Austin's loving it to death. We put a little GoPro mount on the bottom because the mount it comes with is Syma. Is that right? S Y M A. Yes. Okay. It's a mount that I don't have access to. So we just slapped a, you know, a sticky GoPro mount and Ryan, uh, excuse me, Austin's been using his uh, a Queso camera. It's pretty cool. There's a lot of vibration. It's not uh, really prop. It's just kind of the, the general, you know, if you're mounting directly to the surface, it doesn't have a shock mount on it. And, uh, you know, we got some fun video. You got that still of me, little waving, looking silly in the camera. Uh, that was my run cam, by the way. Okay. But I'm enjoying it, you know, and Austin's enjoying it, and... You know, it's, it, it's certainly not acrobatic, it's definitely a camera platform, so it does not move very quickly, uh, yaws slowly, uh, even at high rate, but perfectly fine to just try to play with the camera. I'm hoping, once I get real comfortable with it, and I can really judge the time, is to take it out to do the boats on the pond. do some passes it doesn't have like a head tracking thing or anything like that but i am looking at getting a gimbal for it so done a lot of research online and i was going to call you i haven't mentioned this to you until just now so terry didn't know what i bought until this very recording so you know if you have some suggestions on gimbals a two-axis or three-axis gimbal that so
0: they don't have an in-house gimbal you have to put on a third party yeah yeah they're it's it's a $150 $150
1: quad. I mean, I can okay. definitely tell the difference. Well, you'll spend that much on a gimbal. Yeah, but I figure if I get a good gimbal, it's something I could use on other devices. You're putting a,
0: a platinum steering wheel on a Pinto.
1: Well, it's like a computer. Buy the best monitor you can afford because it'll outlast several CPUs. Okay? I have a okay. really yeah. good monitor, good and it's lasted me bleh, 8 years, 10 years, <laughs> maybe even more. It's a really good yeah. 22-inch monitor. Um, oh, it's 25, excuse me.
0: Well The only problem with that na- analogy is that on a quad the gimbal's the first thing to hit the ground
1: well, the legs are pretty long depending on how big the gimbal is. Okay. I could extend the gear I mean I could make modifications so that the gimbal's protected okay. I'm not too concerned about that I'd, I'm willing to spend a, you know one hundred hundred and fifty bucks on a pretty good gimbal to to give it a try because I could see where that would solve some of this jello I've got right now.
0: Uh yeah, you gotta hit the source if you've got out of balance props or things like that. That you do that first. Um but yeah, a gimbal will help somewhat. It's probably beneficial to take the props off, just make sure they're balanced. Nine times out of ten that'll cure most of the problems. So Yes, I concur. Yeah. Okay. Well how big is this thing? It's this big. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can't you see? That says it all. <laughs> it's this big <laughs> <laughs> so phantom size
1: yes it's exactly it's a like it's a 350 it's a phantom million. knock knock off <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> it's a knockoff
1: of a phantom clone yeah i will i will post the photo on uh, facebook after this recording on what it is okay. i is it uh is it cheesy yes but is it worth the money certainly i think if you wanted okay. to it's got a lot of power you throttle that thing up it climbs and it and one thing it hasn't yeah. done. On my last squad, it hasn't flown away. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> it's it's it stayed my friend, um, but and it didn't come plummeting to the ground. It did not come plummeting to the ground. I've had one landing where it rolled over, it's, but it was well, it is. was just right there. But yeah. I mean, what's convenient? And I, I can go on and on. It's not. I didn't mean to make this a long review, but being that it's a 3s eleven hundred, and I changed them to Deans, it's a eleven yeah, ne- hundred. I thought you oh, said 22. Sorry, before. I was thinking 11 volts. Sorry. Uh, 3S 2200. Okay. Um, I do have a couple of 2200s that don't fit. They're just a little bit fat, uh, don't quite make it in there. So this 11. Because they've swelled a little? Or mm, that, they, that too. In fact, okay. I tried. <laughs> I had this old, old hobby shack maybe just not trying hard enough <laughs> I, I, it was so puffed I knew like I cannot push this any further so I, I went ahead and got rid of it uh, get your mallet <laughs> uh, I digress uh, so yeah if you have some of those now I've been using my 1800s in it because the they're a little easier to get in so this is 11 ah I keep saying 11 this 2200 is a little tighter it's probably not even 2200 it's <laughs> you know um, I, don't, I haven't done a, a complete charge discharge on it um uh, but it does have a lot of power. I think I'm getting about seven to ten minute flight times, and uh, there, there's this little platform on the top that says GPS, but it's obviously just a little plastic doohickey <laughs> that's not the GPS. What's that? Uh, is the AWAC? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a mini AWAC on top of this quad. You'll see it. It doesn't do anything.
0: <laughs> it's just a piece of plastic. Are sure it's empty? Because sometimes they'll put the GPS no. receivers up away from everything it's, else. It's not. Get it away from the noise. It's a
1: piece of plastic. <laughs> it's oh, not. Nice. It, it's just attached. In fact, people have taken them apart. You'll. You please look it up, guys. It's a, it's actually pretty cool. I mean, if you can. It's oh, so funny. What? That, that it's, well, fake? it's just funny that they. do that. <laughs> It is. <laughs> I might put some bunny ears on it just to really just to play with the idea I would invest in something better if I really got more comfortable so this to me is as they as they pointed out in the video this is a great entry level if you're looking for a photography platform and that's kind of how I felt I wanted to do it I played with my little you know uh world tech toy you know fun zipping around put my little FPV on there really you know perfect for for what i want to do with it this is getting better to that you know i'm going to start making steps up and then eventually i'll look into getting something that's more stable and then pursue my part 107
0: all right well have fun on your
1: journey my drone curious journey (laughs) that's the one (laughs) uh cracked me up (laughs) so anyway that's that how about you anything on your bench
0: yeah we talked about the t34 i haven't done anything with it yet other than fold and caress the the covering and things like that. (laughs) Um, I've also got that patrol boat. I am now disassembling it somewhat and in the process of detailing it. So I'm, I'm not very good at this. So I'm really experimenting more than anything. But I'm just trying to figure out how to make it look beat up and used. And I found some crew members for it. The way the boat works out, it's like 18th scale. Which is a popular size for action figures. So I bought a set of five military action figures and I'm trying to modify them to, to fit in the boat. And yeah, so we'll see where it goes. I was hoping to do some painting today, but it's very humid and rainy, so I'll probably hold off on that. Um, I don't know. Oh, I got a, a servo. So that front set of twin fifty calibers is gonna be rotating now. Oh sweet. Yeah. So the real question I'm trying to answer is do I the boat comes with a two channel radio so do I upgrade to a three or four channel and then have the the gun on a separate channel or do I just tie it into the steering and have it random and I'm inclined to do the second option just to keep things simple and
1: maybe a sound box
0: I don't know uh, we'll see you mean for engine sounds or gun sounds engine sounds, sounds
1: gun sounds boy have fun with that
0: yeah yeah,
1: that,
0: that's not high on my list. But if I get crazy, I might do that.
1: And of course, don't they smoke a lot? Aren't the, weren't those? I, I was going to
0: say yeah, if, yeah. If we can emulate some smoke, then that's that's something I'll do. If only I had illegal fireworks. Keep
1: wishing. Send me that address. <laughs> <laughs> what is this mysterious box? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and let's see, my other new project that I haven't started, but I'm very excited for. Is a Kyosho Optima.
1: Tell us. This is when you tell say, us more. Oh, what's a Kyosho? What's a, what's a Kyosho Optima? So, like I don't know. <laughs> tell the readers or tell well, the you readers. know because after I got it,
0: <laughs> I had you thumb through your Tower Hobbies catalog collection back through the nineteen. Where did we find it? The eighty-six edition the eighty-seven? Eighty-six. Eighty-six. Yeah. Yes, Lee has a so, nineteen
1: eighty-six Tower Hobbies catalog.
0: Woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> it was Kyosho's flagship race car back in the day, and it was a big deal. And Kyosho has re-released the, the model with a few minor modernizations. Yeah, so it's a retro RC car, circa 1985. And I am excited, because I always wanted one as a kid. My first real car was an Ultima, which was Kyosho's two-wheel drive car, and but I never got the Optima. And now I have it.
1: Oh, so maybe you can put a photo of the one I scanned for you next to the car that you have. And then we can put that on the uh, the collage. Oh, sure. It's a good
0: idea. Of course, I haven't put it together. That's the thing. I haven't put an RC car together in forever because they come pre-built now. That wasn't so back in the day. So this is a, a bag of hardware and metal parts and tires. So it'll take me a little while to put it together. But that's half the fun. So I uh, actually have to paint the body too. Also, something I enjoy.
1: Well, as soon as you um, you know click end conversation or end Skype call, I need you to start working on that.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I <can't.
1: laughs> cool. Well, that'll be neat.
0: And that's what's on my workbench.
1: No, wait. Is it your workbench?
0: Oh no. Well, I have more than one. When, usually when we talk about my workbench, we talk about the big one that became the moving crate. But I have other areas to work on because the big bench is still in the garage awaiting its final transition to the basement.
1: See, we may have some listeners that are, you know, curious about the bench status.
0: (laughs) No, there's no status. Instead of where's
1: Waldo, it's where's the bench.
0: No, actually, for the last several weeks, it was holding carpet because one of the first things we did when we moved into this house was pull out 30-year-old carpet. Thankfully, there was hardwood underneath. But uh, I had 600 pounds of carpets
1: on top of that bench for a while. Okay, I think it's just me and nobody else cares. But I think your bench needs its own little blog, <laughs> and you need to start every week or every other day. You need to take a picture of it and what its current task is, which is not worst blog. Ever. <laughs> the funny thing is, you, know, you say that, but you might get. We might have some listeners who are like, "What is the status of Terry's workbench?" <laughs> so lonely. <laughs> well, you know the, the some. Hey, listen, some guy made a book where he took a couch all over the world and photographed the couch in different landscapes and stuff. This is just about that good a book, but it's still, it could be a good book. (laughs) Terry's Bench. (laughs) No? All right. I was just hopeful.
0: Well, I'm just trying to picture how you get a couch.
1: I don't know how they did it, but yeah, there's a book out there, so start making your little bench blog. Yeah.
0: Well, and looking ahead, at moving that thing down there, I think I need to do some fundamental work on the lighting so I want to put some good shop lights in and that's going to mean probably that I add another circuit so yeah I think I need to do some electrical work before I can justify building out the basement and it's funny because that there are some outlets down there and some lights and I got my charging rig set up and I this was when I was getting ready to drive the boat so I plugged in a couple of NICADs or hydrides excuse me on the charger and got it started then I came upstairs to to do something and then when I went back down, the the charger had reset. I'm like, what's going on? And then later on, I figured out that all of the outlets are switched with the light switch. So when I left the basement and turned off all the lights, I turned off everything.
1: Wah, 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 wah.
0: Yeah. A few hurdles to figure out before it's a viable shop.
1: And we need a status of your shop. You know, you...
0: every day, if not hourly.
1: Yes, please post them on RC Roundtable. Well, so are we done? We're done. It's a good show. Okay. Sorry. It was. Sorry we missed Fitz. Sure. Yes, we, we, ha- we look forward to having you Well, back. I have a feeling when Fitz comes back and it'll be... Well, wait a minute. I won't be around, I think, for the next podcast unless you guys try to sneak me in. And I can get Wi-Fi out there. However, <laughs> it really is going to be a tell-us-about-your-trip-Fitz episode, won't it? I think so. Corey don't even need me. It's just all Fitz, Fitz, Fitz. He better bring us toys. <laughs> oh, right. German toys. Yeah. Well, he's. Ah, I remember that the... uh He stopped at the hobby shop and got some magazines, I guess, but he also picked up an Enterprise. Oh, yeah. A a German version of the Enterprise. (laughs) Yeah, go figure.
0: Well, that's all we have for this week. So everybody, thanks for joining us, and we will be back again in two more weeks. And until then, stay in touch on Facebook.
1: Bye-bye. See you later. please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions and listen to our other great podcasts.